words to describe Paula Ferris are true and fun. You're all in for a treat. Paula is so fun and she'll simply draw you into every thought she shares. And she's true. Paula so vulnerably shares her personal struggles and helps us each find the truth. You're gonna love our conversation. Here we go. Paula Ferris here. And Paula has spent over two decades in broadcast television, including ABC News, where she co-anchored Good Morning America. We all know what that is. And then she also was on The View. We all know what that show is as well. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Alita. We're it's so, so great to be you. here. And we're here at NRB Live. Yes. This is your first time here. Yes, and it's your first. I was, yeah. was going to ask you what to expect. No idea. Did they write a book, What to Expect, when you're not expecting what to expect at NRB? No, they need to write all. a book for it because we're novices here. Maybe we should do that. Co-author a book. I love it. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> okay, girl, we have a lot in common. As you sat down, I'm like, we're already friends, just so you know. Yeah. Um, we're both Midwestern girls. Give it up love for the that. Midwest. Yes. Love the Midwest. I love your book because you talk about identity issues. I think as women, mm-hmm. we all have those, but how you share it, I'm like, Yes, that's me. Yep, that's me. Yep, that's me too. And then thirdly, you've floundered in fear. It's something that you actually totally. wrote in your book. Um, fear has been a huge part of my life and overcoming that. So I'm just thankful that we get a chance to sit down and talk about it. Um, I mean, this show, I could make it hours long because I have so gonna many Are we going to go things. for five hours? I yeah. thought we were going to have an intermission. Yeah. We're going to have a popcorn break. Come yes. back to it. We're going to so, have coffee breaks. Yeah, I all love of it. it. I okay. love it. So I'm excited to get started. As I read your book called out, I was just like, okay, we have all these commonalities and I know that women identify with it, right? So I just want to kind of dig in, understanding what it really means to find your true calling or find your calling is, it's totally ambiguous, really. Absolutely. In your book, you say, um, people throw that word around all the time. And it was crazy because then that following Sunday, I go to church and the pastor's like, um, you need to find your calling. You need to find your calling. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because but you only have mean? one calling, right? And your calling is, is your career. Correct? What if I would have stood up and said, hey, pastor, yeah. Paula Ferris said, you need to define calling a little better. Could you help us with that? Please, Paula Ferris is calling you out. I know pastors are probably shaking their head at me right now. But that's one of the, like, think about the pressure that you felt. Right. I'm like, in, what in is church, that? In church. So, so you're, t- you're being told, and not just in church, yeah. but um, in culture. Yeah. You're hearing it from the culture. Our kids are hearing, what do you want to do when you grow up? Because right. there's this message that we're born to do one thing and we right. have to find that one thing, right? Yeah. And that one thing is always related to doing. Right. But guess what? We're going to change jobs. We're going to change careers. And what right. if we found that one thing, but then God calls us to something else? Right. And if we've put our identity in that one thing, then we're going to have an identity crisis. Right. And that's why I think like we really need to do a much better job of of saying our calling isn't just our career and our yeah. value isn't just our vocation and our worth isn't just our work. Like right. our purpose should never be tied to a job right. because that, because job's going to change. Yeah. And if it changes 
and your significance is tied up in that, you're going to have no idea who you are outside of it, which happened to me, which is why I wrote the book. Right. And I think we've all experienced that. And so there's two different kinds of calling. So I want to break that down a little Mm -hmm. bit and help people just know what that actually means. Because for me, I went years of my life, not even knowing of a vocational calling. I'm like, yeah. You know, what is that? And and even a faith calling. So help us decide, yeah, yeah. distinguish between the two, first of all. Right. Well, how I came about, when I stepped, pumped the brakes at the height of my career, when I was at GMA and The View, and I really felt God was calling me out of a space where I was addicted to the spotlight. Yeah. Like work was my narcotic right. choice. And I really felt God saying, I want you to step away. And I was like, <laughs> wait, come again? Right. Like, no, at the certainly, height of your career. certainly you didn't ask me to pump the brakes right. as you called me to do this, because this is the one thing that I was created to do, because this is my value, right? Right. Anyway, um, I went through some some minor tragedies. And I really felt that God used that season of tragedy to get my attention to slow me down. He said, if you're not going to slow down, I'll slow you down. So I slowed down and it was in that space where I realized I had no idea who I was anymore outside of the job, outside of the title, outside Mm -hmm. of the career. Um, I had misplaced my identity and my significance in something that changed. And it was then that God really, he really just revealed to me, Paula, you have two callings on your life. You have a faith calling or your purpose. Yeah. which will never change. And yeah. that is to love God and love people and follow me with all yeah. of your heart. Love it. And then you have vocational calling, which will change. And it's going to change. Right. And vocational calling is what you do. Um, faith calling is who you are. Mm-hmm. Faith calling, again, will never change. Vocational calling can and will change. And what that did, it just like, it's like the vocational calling is just the conduit um, by which I will fulfill my right. My faith calling. The conduit. It's, I yes, like that. it's almost like a vine. This is, I love visuals. Yes. So if you imagine a healthy vine, yeah. a healthy vine produces many branches, right? But if the vine is unhealthy, you'll be pruned back. You won't That's produce good. branches. Think about your faith calling, why you're here, your purpose to love God and love people as the vine. And everything grows out of that. You can branch out in different vocations and yeah. different seasons. And a healthy vine does have many right. branches, right? So think of your life as giving yourself the permission because I know my worth isn't just in a job. Yeah. Um, God can call me to do different things in different seasons. I can take risks. Um, I can branch out and do new things that I never thought possible because my worth isn't in that. Yeah. I remember why I'm placed where I'm placed. It yeah. is to love God and love people everywhere I'm placed. It's not to win the awards, which right. is great. Okay. Right. Um, it's to love God and love people right. in those capacities. So it's given me permission to just try new things. It's like a permission slip to go for things, to press into fear. Um, and it's just been really, for yeah. me, kind of transformative. But vocational calling will change right, and can change. And faith calling doesn't read, that branch, read into that. Yeah. Okay. So let's just go back to the analogy. So, so the um, vine is love God, love people. And yeah, the branches, and it's interesting because that branch could just be cut off. I mean, that happens Mm -hmm. so often. And you're like, Mm -hmm. you think you're dead. Right. Because there's nothing left. Right. So the other branches, though, can be motherhood. Totally. Being a spouse. Absolutely. all of these other vocations. Mm -hmm. I think so often, women especially, get caught up in our identity. I remember just saying, well, I'm GJ's wife. Mm -hmm. I'm Logan, Reese, and Lexi's mom. Mm -hmm. I'm my parents' daughter. Um, It wasn't about, for me even... It wasn't even about my career. It was just like, I just thought I was something to everybody else, but like, who was Alita Mm. and what was I to do? And that's where the rootedness comes back to who I am in Christ. A lot of different things can create identity crisis. 
in our class on identity, we can guide you to fully embrace your true identity in Jesus. Our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these and offer not only hope, but the practical steps you need to move forward. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. One thing that's really helped me, um, you know, I really felt like uh, I left ABC permanently in 2020, and it wasn't totally my choice. Um, but I really feel like like sometimes the change is ours, and sometimes it's chosen for us. Yeah. And I couldn't have scripted it better. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> what we wanted, but it was what our family really needed. Yeah. And God just said, I need you to, I want you to be with your kids. Yeah. For so long, your kids had to fit into a career and what you did. I want you to have passions and I want you to use those gifts and talents that you used in broadcasting. Okay. But I, but I want you to be a mom first. Good. And that's the thing too. Like as, as women, we're, we're intimidated and we're told that we can't step away if we want to, because we'll never get back in. Mm -hmm. And if we do step away and want to raise our kids, where's the value in that? We're all all constantly looking. We have to lean in, right? We have to find that thing because, right, oh, it's good good to raise kids, but what do you do for a living? Right. You know? Um, But one thing that really helped me um, to uncover my gifts and talents, which I take into all of these different branches, whether it's motherhood, whether it's being a wife, uh, whether it's this new podcast that I have, being an author, everything, you ask yourself three questions. What are you good at? Alita, what do you love? What do trusted people notice you're good at and you love? And I have some, have a close friend, have some close friends help you answer those questions. I think that's so helpful. It's so helpful because you're too, you know, when you're trying to analyze yourself, you're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You're too, you're too close to the yeah. situation. So for me, I'm like, what I'm good at, what I love, what other people, trusted people notice I'm good at and I love. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I like to ask questions. I like That's to true. champion and challenge people. That worked in broadcasting, but guess what? I now, because I know that now, mm-hmm. I know those are my unique talents and gifts right. and we all have them. Yeah. I take that into all these different spaces, right? Right. All these different vocational branches. Yeah. And that's what I pursue. And I hold that. So I hold the doing loosely. And I, but I just try to steward the gifts and talents that God has given me and remember why I'm placed where I'm placed. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, vocational calling is always about work, right? Always. Um, And for your story, that has been such a, a thing. And you also in your book, I think a lot of times people are like, well, I'm not the same, I don't have the same issues as Paula. And so therefore maybe the book wouldn't identify, but I act, totally disagree because, um, the book is so good. You make so many comments of like, that is not what identifies you, whatever you think that is, right. We mm-hmm. keep coming back to that, mm-hmm. whatever you think that is, um, that isn't what 
defines you. And so I talk a lot about life leadership. So life leadership is really being a leader for leading yourself well first, mm-hmm. which is so important, so important, right? Like in order to- So hard for women too. Yeah. In order to influence people mm-hmm. around you, you have to lead yourself well. You have to be doing well in all areas of life so that you can influence other people so that you can help your community, your children, Good. your home, mm-hmm. your church. Mm-hmm. And so I think life leadership can- be learned so much through your book as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I do appreciate that. But yeah. I, it, that is one thing that's really hard for women, taking care of yourself. If you're, at, you know, it's how many times do we hear if, you, if your tank is empty, yeah. um, then you're not going to have anything to give out. And one thing that I really think helped me during the pandemic was I never had a chance really to work out. I know that sounds crazy, but like I started working out three, four times a week. I needed it. I started because I was getting a little depressed during the pandemic. Yeah. And, um, I just realized I need to take time for myself. Um, and it's not selfish. I'm a better mom and I'm a better wife. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better sister. I'm, it's for me taking care of my body, um, physically and going to the gym a couple of times a week and getting that camaraderie and that accountability has been so good for my mental health and my spiritual health. Um, and just all, all around emotional health. So investing in yourself, mm-hmm. investing in finding. And, you know, for so long, people would ask, what do you like to, what, what do, you like to do outside of, like, what are your hobbies? And, you know, I don't know. You just, you, you yeah. lose yourself in job. You lose yourself in being a mom and a wife. And yeah. it, it really is important. And I know we hear this all the time, but it is so important to find things that you do love to do and things that ground and center you. Okay. Outside of working out, what's something you enjoy doing? Um, fun. Yeah. You know what? One thing that I really love to do is just kind of get dirty. I know that sounds weird, but like, (laughs) um, my friend Annie F Downs was really, she was fun coaching me and she's like, what's something you used to love to do when you were young and that, uh, you don't really do anymore. You might feel ashamed about And I was like, well, I used to love just like making mud soup and like, (laughs) like going for running and just, and just getting dirty. Yeah. And so I know that sounds really crazy, but my boys and I just yeah. love to run around barefoot. Yeah, Something as great. simple as running around barefoot. I won't show you the bottoms of my feet because <laughs> you can tell that I have been doing that. Mm-hmm. But just little things, kind yeah. of like channeling your inner child and remembering what made you happy when you were That's a good. kid. That's good. Small things. Friends, if you guys hear the background noise, it's because we're at NRB Live. So don't don't <laughs> be distracted by that or anything. We're um, yeah. here with lots of wonderful people. So that's that's what the noise is if you're mm-hmm. hearing that. Um, so, one other thing, yeah. fountain drinks. 99 cent fountain drinks are one of the hey. things that bring me joy. Something simple. <laughs> So Um, when you're talking about getting dirty, so I have, my boys are 23 and 22 and my daughter's 16 and my parents are farmers. And so they have four wheelers and pioneers, like a a four person ATV. So we will just drive around and it's so funny. Like if I don't want to get dirty that day, I'm not doing it. But if I want to get dirty, like Mm -hmm. there's gravel roads and running, going through fields and all of that. And you come back and you're just caked. It's so fun though. Why is that so fun? Isn't that funny? I don't, you know, I think part of it is the catharsis of cleaning up afterwards. (laughs) It's like, I like painting too. Oh, totally. Because it's the before and the after. And there's, there's a lot of symbolism there. And I like to see the transformation. Hey, okay. So that's how I feel when I actually get ready because this is not (laughs) what I look like most days. (laughs) I, sometimes I have to remind myself what I look like when I get ready. Like, 
I'll, I'll tell my friends, yeah, yeah. this is what I look like when uh, I get ready. Uh-huh. You look beautiful, by the way. <laughs> you do too. And hey, we have to be friends because we both have white jeans on. White jeans. I like yours better though. I like the rips in yours. The, yeah. Really, that's well, trendy. Thanks. thanks. Yeah. You're very classy, clean. I got ready very quickly. So that is a hidden talent. Well, next it, time somebody says, what's your hidden talent? You can get ready in 20 minutes. I can get ready in 20 minutes. I really can. I think that's, that's well, just being in live television yeah. and having to rush. You have to. And working your way up and having to do everything. You right. know, get your, do your hair, do your makeup, write your script, and then present. Sometimes set up your camera shot. You know, it's, you I don't have, have I really your... don't have a lot of talents though. I really don't have any hidden talents. I don't. You want me to start listing them? No, I'm I gonna don't. I'm going to go through the book and I'm going to tell you, here's your 25 top talents just from the book. The things that you divulge to everyone in oh, the world. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> should we start? No. <laughs> um, okay. So you say in the book, you say, I wasn't as firmly rooted in my faith calling and who I was. So you talk about you professed to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. But yet you weren't necessarily making decisions completely based on having a a close relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So you're struggling with identity. You're struggling with fear, which we're going to get to fear because I want to talk about that too. But then at the same time, maybe did this help you grow in your faith Mm -hmm. because of this struggle of what do I do with my life? Well, I think I got, you know, when I was at the height of of my career and drug and work became my drug and my narcotic of choice. Yeah. That's where I really felt like God was saying your, your professed values are clashing with your choices professionally and personally. And so, yes, I was a Christian and yes, I, um, I, I I professed to be a Christian. I treated people well, but some of the choices that I was making, especially when it came to my family, prioritizing them, going to church, like I just wasn't. I wasn't making that a priority. I wasn't investing into, I wasn't investing in my family as much as I should have. I wasn't investing into, uh, you know, my spirituality and our family, um, really walking close with the Lord as much as I should have. So yes, I professed to be this one thing, but really the choices that I was making were really contradicting it. And that's when God just, and I think anyone that's at a point where, something may be sucking the life from them or they're contemplating a change. And like, how do you know it's time to make a change? I think you, you ask yourself, are my choices clashing with my values? Okay. And look, there's nothing wrong with being successful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, for me though, it's okay to love what you do, but when you're defined by what you do and, and so much so that you're obsessed with it, um, that's when it becomes very unhealthy. And so God was just trying to get me out of a cycle and pull me out of a cycle where, okay, your values are clashing with your choices. Your health is failing. You aren't spending time with your husband and kids. Um, Just, just look at what's happening around you. And so I knew that I was in a really unhealthy, unbalanced position and God wanted me to slow down. I watched you on the K-Love Awards. That was so so fun. Good. I have never watched that before. I don't know. Can I just Somehow, tell you? I never knew what it was. I was so, they did such a great job. And not just because I work for Access More and Caleb. Yeah. I was blown away. It's the first time I had been, uh, it was held in Nashville at the Grand Ole Opry a couple of weeks ago. Top notch. So and I've well been done. to the Oscar. Like I've been to big award yeah. shows. You're an Emmy this Award winner. was an incredible production. It really was. Really great. I loved how most of the people who came on stage 
shared some, some type of scripture. I mean, it was so honoring to God. It, it was really not was. about people. Um, that's always kind of my fear when watching something like that. Like it can be kind of, is it glorifying to God? And it very much yeah, so yeah. was. It was beautifully it done. It was really, people were worshiping all night. It was yeah. beautiful. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about fear because fear has been, wow, a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, you say fear has been a thread throughout your life um, and it's been dictated how you will move through your life. So you start out by saying, I was a girl marked by fear, fear the dark, spiders, heights, creepy dolls, which is so <laughs> funny. I have such a funny story about that, but we dolls don't have time to so creepy, creepy dolls, clowns, clowns, and then fear of failure, not fitting in, being alone, being embarrassed, didn't belong, not being good enough. And so I just want to say, I, I have a class on fear. So the class encourages and equips people to overcome their fear. So it's right. very much a teaching moment. And literally I wrote almost the exact same thing in my class because Crazy. I'm like, I can tell you all of the things, the things uh-huh. I'm fearful of. And I dealt with it just a little bit different than you. So fear what for me was, if I don't think I can do it well, then mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it at all. Yeah, paralyzes you. And so it's been interesting because you can kind of tie that to perfectionism mm-hmm. or competition, being mm-hmm. super competitive. I can't win. I'm not even going to try. Yeah. But I think it was probably more driven by fear mm-hmm. of if I can't do it well, then the fear of failure, mm-hmm. probably just as much as anything. Yep. And your fear was driven a little bit different. Tell us about that. It was, well, by the way, fear of failure is the most common fear that we oh. face as humans. Yeah. And yet you, we feel so alone and isolated. Like I'm the only one that feels like this. <laughs> And, okay, and, so and, now and it paralyzes you. That. Yeah, and it's not true. It's not true. And it paralyzes you in decisions making small. Right. It can paralyze you from, you know what, I want to take up tennis and I'm 45 years old. Or, you know, I want to try out this new women's group. Or, you know, I want to go into broadcasting or I want to try, I want right. to step out and do something different. I mean, fear for me, I had to realize, and I've learned so much even since writing the book, um, because I've stepped into new seasons of vocational calling, right. that it's normal to feel fear. You talk about conquering fear. I don't think we do conquer fear, Leah. I think we press into it because if we think we conquer fear, then the moment we start feeling it again, we think that we've done something wrong or there's something wrong with us or that it's our intuition telling us. enough faith. Yes. And so we're fearful. Yes, exactly. No. So that's the thing. I think we just need a paradigm shift that fear is normal. Yeah. And we're going to feel fear throughout our lives. And it's up to yeah, us it's to what press. See, it's up to us to press into it. This is see? why we're friends. I know. I know. But even though you don't know we're friends yet, we're friends. No, I knew we were friends. <laughs> the Holy Spirit because, told me we were friends. Yeah, because you have to press into it. You have to face it. That's how you know you have faith is because you're willing totally. to continue instead of being paralyzed. Yep. And I think what has really helped me to press into my fear time and time again, and it started when I got into broadcasting, you know around 9-11 when I got into on-air broadcasting. I didn't think I could do it. It was the fear of failure. I didn't think I could do it well, so it paralyzed me. Um, God has just said to me, in the same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. When God calls so you to good. something, he will equip you. But in, in Joshua 1, nine, That's Joshua, my life first. It's so good. But the best part about have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous, don't be afraid, don't yep. be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. So God's calling Joshua to take down the city. The very beginning of that verse. Have I not, not commanded, commanded you? you? That means he's told us before. He has told us before yes. and he is commanding us to press into our fear. 
right? So good. So he's saying, I'm commanding you to press into your fear. Because here's the thing. You can be peaceful about a situation. Like we had a peace that we were supposed to move to South Carolina um, during the pandemic, which is where my sister lives. Leave New York City. Didn't know why. Uh Didn't know it was on the other side. We were still scared as heck about it, though. I bet. You can have a peace about something and you can still experience fear. And so yes. often we would say, oh, that's my intuition telling And that can't me. live together. Actually, it kind of does. They do. Yeah. They are not mutually exclusive. Peace and fear coexist. It's up to us. And what I love about God saying, have I not commanded you, is, okay, if I'm, if I'm peaceful about something and peace comes from the Holy Spirit, then I should expect and I should anticipate fear. And God says, I'm commanding you, Alita. I'm commanding you, Paula, yeah. to press into that have I not commanded you? Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. So he commands us, but then he acknowledges that it's going to be present. Right. And then he promises that I'll be there with you. And so that's something that's really, really helped me. And also getting out of the, the pessimistic and negative mind frame. One question that I ask myself, you know, people are like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Uh-uh. I try to ask myself, what's the best thing that could right. happen if I go for it? Yeah. What is the best thing that can happen? And even if it's just not having the regret of not going for right. it, it can be something as simple as that. And think about the times where I didn't allow my fears to paralyze me and how invigorating I felt and how confident I felt walking into that new space, knowing that my fears mm-hmm. didn't paralyze me. Mm-hmm. Focus on, on Joshua 1.9. If you have a peace, proceed, expect, anticipate fear, and then ask yourself those questions. Great. What's the best thing that could happen if I press into it? Yeah. How invigorating have I felt? Um, you know, looking back at my life when I didn't allow my fear to paralyze yeah. me. It's so great. fear's normal. Fear's normal. It is totally normal. You know, you talk in your book about how you always wanted to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I was the same way. I was always behind the scenes um, in everything I did. Yeah. All administrative stuff is mm-hmm. kind of what I really had come from. Um, and now here we sit today. Isn't that I know. so crazy? It's God nuts. calls you out. Like, yeah. He's calling us out uh-huh. to do something yep. new and different. And it's like, yes, Lord, if you're asking me to do it. And, um, and, and I, he called, when he calls you, he equips you. Yeah. That's the thing. I think in Isaiah, it says, um, here I am, you know, use me. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that. I'm like, I did that about a few, a few years ago. And so now here we sit today. It's Isn't like, wow, so, nuts. so cool. Yeah. And it's the same for you. Yeah, Your think, podcast is amazing, by the way. Thank you. I want to just say it's it's so good. You've thank had you. everybody from Kathy Lee Gifford to Michael Strahan. I'm so many. My mom, by the way, was like my second high, the second highest rated episode. Mm-hmm. It was That's, crazy. So I'm trying to have like, and I we, it's the Faith and Calling Paula Ferris Faith and Calling podcast. We talk to people about what they're called to yep. and why, um, different seasons of calling, and it's just a really like entertaining, empowering, encouraging platform. But my mother hadn't been feeling well. Mm. And she, the day we were going to, and she's in Michigan and it was a Mother's Day episode with my daughter, my 13-year-old daughter and my mom. Different seasons of calling, different things that were called to at different points in life. My mom was not feeling well. I said, well, we'll record it tomorrow. She said, no, let's just do it. I've got a really bad headache. My mom ended up having a massive stroke the next day. Uh. And I didn't know if I wanted to air the episode, but because she started making a remarkable recovery and she still has to, she has to relearn how to read and write, but she is, it's, it's, she's 81. She has so much energy, but she said, Paula, I can't read my devotions. Um, I can't write it out, but I can worship. And I think that was always the first, even with the battle of Jericho, the first line of defense was worship. They always sent 
the gives chorus. Me and I know. It's and so, so good. But yeah, so I like to have, you know, familiar names and then, and then just people that are living it. You have to have people that are so different from one another. And that's what you've done. You've done such a good job of a very wide variety in so many different ways. Right. I just, and I want people to be really inspired and encouraged and empowered and laugh, yeah. you know, and entertain them. So it's been super fun. Yeah. You talk about um, championing others. I say cheering you on wildly. Yeah. Like I'm cheering you wildly. Mm -hmm. I, I want the best for you. I want yes. everybody to listen to your podcast. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. And thank you. how else can people connect with you? I want to make sure that yeah. they can do that. That'd be amazing. Um, I am not the most social media savvy individual out there, okay. but I am on Instagram quite a bit cool. at Paula Ferris. And that's usually a good way to okay. connect with me. Or you can, I, I launched a website, Paula Ferris official, one R spelled just like Paris with an F. There you go. Um, you can visit the website and um, I'm really excited. We have a new paperback edition, you know, as we're all emerging from COVID and lockdown, um, I have a, the paperback edition of called out, which includes oh, yeah. a six week discussion guide. So we can, That's it's something great. that you can, um, so this is the hard copy, but the, but the paperback is coming out at the end of July. Yeah. I'm not sure when this airs, but yeah, paperback sure. is coming out at the That's end of great. July and it includes a six week discussion guide. So That'd you can do great. individually or you can do it collectively with friends. Yeah. Okay, really excited so, about that. Um, see all these. Uh -huh. So I just took notes. I love it. And then I you was, read. I read the whole thing and then I totally destroyed it because I sat outside on a hot day and it's all right. I can get you a new copy. No, I want this copy. This is my baby right here. And you're, I'm hoping you'll sign up for me. Um, because I will, I will sign anything for you. Beautiful book. Thank you. Thank you. Your beautiful, big green eyes Aww, featured that you. you used to get made fun of. I know. That's, fish eyes. Guppy. Isn't that so crazy? Mm -hmm. Like now it's like a huge attribute, a huge, like what makes you so beautiful and unique. Mm -hmm. Isn't Thank that crazy? You. Thank you. Yeah. So cool. Thank you. Um, this has been such a delight. We're yeah. not done, are we? No, I have. Gosh. Okay, good. I we was have, like, are we wrapping up? No, we still I'm have not four ready. more hours. I have four Five hours. more hours. Didn't okay. we promise everyone six hours? <laughs> okay, I want to know, what is your most surprising interview you've ever had? I mean, you've interviewed so many people, but like, what was so surprising in an interview? Um, I always love, you know, it, it was very rare that I would ever get caught off guard by anybody because I just feel like we're all human. We're all in sure. this together. Sure. Um, and, but it was an interview that I did with Tom Hanks about three years ago. And it was at, it was at Disneyland uh -huh. in, or sorry, and it was at Disney World in Orlando. It was okay. in advance of Toy Story, the new Toy Story movie coming out, which of course he plays a main character in that. And Disney, I was doing the shoot for Good Morning America and Disney had set up, uh, set up the interview outside right in front of Toy Story Land at, at Disney World, okay? And so there's people everywhere, but we knew it was going to rain. And we didn't know how it was going to be a downpour. Torrential yes. downpour. So we were not prepared for yes. it to I've downpour. been there when this has happened. Yes. And so <laughs> here you have an, an award-winning actor, um, someone who we've all heard about we've seen his movies oh. and I thought at any point he was just going to be like you know what forget that I mean it's pouring sure. on him sure it's poor I mean we have we have like this this filter above us but it's just dripping through <laughs> he has the 
best sense of humor about it. He kind of morphs into his character with Wilson, you know, when he's stranded on the island, he's trying to catch some water. His shirt is soaked. We're both kind of laughing. How fun. What really just stood out to me was his attitude through that. He didn't have to stay there, but he did. And he not only did, not only rolled with the punches, but he... He had such a great sense of humor about it. And so, so that's good. one of those interviews I'll always remember. Yeah. Another one, Chris Hemsworth interviewing him and um, looking into his eyes and totally losing my train of thought, which is easy to do. Um, as my mom says, God did a good job on him. Yeah, as a journalist, probably not what yeah. you're supposed to do. I, that's, okay. that's really the only time that's ever happened. Good job. I, I, I mean, that's I had my notes. We were, only saying, one time ever. Yeah, I was good. anchoring GMA, and I knew he, Chris Hemsworth was on for promoting one of his movies and I looked down and I knew the question and I looked up at him and he looked at me and I I literally that is lost hilarious. I, I lost my train of thought and I say uh, uh, um where was I yeah it was embarrassing I'm gonna go look that up but again God did a great job on him as yep. my mom would say it's good mm-hmm. Paula it's time for the truth bomb of Uh-oh. the show okay so what that means is you get about 30 seconds to say something that's on your heart. And when people walk away from the show, they're going to be like, that's the thing Paula Ferris said. Okay. I love it. Do you yeah. want me to look into the camera? Whatever you want to do. Okay. Um, I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, um, your worth isn't your work and your mm. value isn't vocation and your calling isn't just your career. Your purpose isn't a title. And I just want you to know that you don't have to do one thing for the rest of your life. God can call you to do different things in different seasons. And what he really wants you to root into is who you are, the parts of you that won't shift and shake in a crisis. Root into those things and remember your true purpose. It's not a job. Um, It's not how much money you have in your bank account. It's not how many followers you have on Instagram. Your true purpose is to love God and to love people full stop. That's it. Jesus didn't didn't conflate his purpose when he said, "I am my purpose is to offer myself as a living sacrifice." So I just want to set any of you free from feeling like you have to strive and do and find that one thing that you were called to do. You know what? You're called to love God and love people, most importantly. Well, and then God can can send you in different vocational branches throughout the day. You don't have to be one thing for the rest of your life. So I just want to deliver that free message to all of you. That was probably more than 30 seconds. Yeah, but don't hold me to it. That's freedom, okay. right? So yeah, amen I, to that. Mm-hmm. Let's bring freedom to bring people. Bring freedom to people. Okay. Amen. talks about how she came to a point in her life where her career was all-consuming, and yet she felt as though God was saying, your professed values are clashing with your choices, personally and professionally. What are some choices you are currently making that maybe are not completely in alignment with your professed values, your beliefs? In our Keys for Living resource on identity, we talk about what we base our identity on other than being a child of God. And I just want to simply share a few here with you because sometimes I think it's difficult to really understand what are some common false identities we may find ourselves in. So here's a good first example, a controller. This is someone who seeks to control every situation and the people around them. They fear the fallout of what will happen if they aren't in control. Instead of trusting God, who is in control of all things, they become obsessive, anxious, overstressed. Okay, here's another example. A dependent. 
is someone who looks to other people or positions and possessions to identify who they are. Everything depends on what they have, what they do, or who they know. The things they depend on for their identity, however, could be removed, lost, or taken away, resulting in a devastating blow to their identity. And then there's a performer. A performer is someone who seeks praise and affirmation by putting on a show or doing a task as perfectly as possible. Performers are often highly stressed, they're super busy people, and they're almost always on. They don't know how they, who they are unless they're immersed in a project or in a task or in a role. Now, there's a lot more examples in the Keys for Living on identity. Go to womenoffaith.com if you feel like this is something that you really want to just dig into. Our hope is that you find the answers you're looking for. It's so helpful to be provided a list like this so that we can self-evaluate and even ask trusted friends around us where we may be misplacing our identity sometimes. This exercise may just be the revelation you need as you peel back the layers and find your true identity in Christ. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable TV. Outside of what we've already discussed today, give right. one last piece of advice. Oh, gosh. Okay. Something that has really helped me and helped me parent my children and just helped me be a better spouse is accepting the grace that has been so undeservedly given to us. Yeah. When I make a mistake, instead of, instead of feeling so much shame about it and, and beating myself up, I want to accept that grace that God and Jesus gave to me so undeservedly. And then when my friends wrong me or when someone else wrongs me, to extend that same grace to them. It's one thing to accept the grace. It's another to wow. extend the grace. So, for instance, the other day I said something that I really regretted to my, to my kids. And I said, I'm sorry, that wasn't my finest moment. Can you show me some grace? And they said, yes. yeah, mom, we'll give you some grace so right good. now. So accepting the grace that's been so undeservedly given to us and to extend it freely yeah. because none of us deserve it. Yeah. Girl, thanks for being on. Thank you. Can I sign this as yes, we go? Yes, you absolutely can. And I am just cheering you wildly. Thank I you. I want the best for you. I know you have some new ventures coming up. I'm so um, thankful that you're just here and with us. And we're on like this mission of doing something new in a new and different way. I love way. it. I love so, it. I thank love you it. for being here. So we're going to take the next four hours to sign the book. Okay. Okay. Here we this go. It's going to take me a while, but I just want to <laughs> say thank you for having me on. Yeah. And I'd love to hear from all of you. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to sign your broken book. Oh, I can get very, you another. I mean, no, this. I like there. It's I'm going to tell my publisher. No, this is unacceptable. No, it was the heat. It's yeah. very, it's a very beautiful book. Okay. Beautiful. Or we thank can get you for being some glue. Whatever. Okay. Send me some glue. Okay, well, um, thank you. Thank you so much for don't, being on. Don't worry about my calluses. Those that's from working out CrossFit. Hey. I do. I will lift weights. Good job, girl. You're taking care of yourself. Taking I'm care of, of myself you. spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Yes. All of it. It's good. Okay. You are a life leader. Take care. Thank you.
This show is brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, CHM, and ICCI. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com. Hi, I'm Alita Reynolds, president of Women of Faith. First of all, I simply want to share that I believe God wants all of us to be walking victoriously with Him. I believe this because He's given us the living word, the Bible, as our guide to know what to do when we struggle in our lives. All of our resources here at Women of Faith are practical help based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. If you or someone you care about is battling one or more of these 100 topics we have available, we have what you need to not only offer hope, but the steps you need to move forward and for breaking free from what holds you captive. I want to give you a quick list of our resources, and you may want to utilize more than one of these to get the transformation you're really looking for in your life. First of all, we have our Women of Faith classes. Do you like to learn by watching videos instead of reading? then our growing collection of classes are for you. We have a comprehensive video library that coaches and equips you to walk in victory in every area of your life. As a certified life coach with some of my most trusted friends and experts, we share our own personal journeys of our own struggles of the topic at hand and know how we've been able to overcome them, plus we'll help you find the tools needed for yourself. Then we have our Women of Faith show with Alita Reynolds. This show is for you if you're inspired by hearing other people's stories of overcoming their struggles to live in victory. These inspiring conversations will encourage you to live the life you're created for. You'll hear stories from guests who are impacting the world in big and small ways every day. We also have our Women of Faith Keys for Living, books and eBooks. Now these keys are great for personal study or even small group studies. The Keys for Living books provide steps to solutions so that you'll discover God's wisdom and guidance in a simple format to walk in freedom and live in victory. Now are you ready to start reading right now? <laughs> Go ahead and download a Key for Living eBook for a complete and comprehensive guide on your chosen topic. Or would you rather read, highlight, and write in your book? Then order a print book to be delivered right to your home. Another resource available is our downloadable quick study guides. They contain excerpts from our correlating Keys for Living book to offer an immediate overview and concise answers. If you simply need somewhere to start, then start with our Key to Hope. We want to help you right away with a free gift from us. I'm praying for you to find what you need based on biblical truths. We care about your transformation. Whatever you're facing, your life matters, and God wants you to live in victory. Today's a great day to begin.